Hi, this is Father Simon Lobo, and you are listening to the St. Benedict Parish Homily Podcast. Did anyone notice anything different about our theme slides today? It's okay if you didn't. I'll give you a little hint. This is what it looked like a few weeks ago. See, last week I was listening to Father Matthew preach, and he's doing a lovely job, and uh, you know, I wasn't distracted, but I was meditating on the image, and I thought to myself, I've been to lots of waiting rooms, you know, I've been lots of doctor's offices, and what an unusual color for chairs, right? And then it dawned on me, oh, Advent, right? It's purple, uh, the season of waiting. And so uh, I just want to give a shout out to all those who work behind the scenes, uh, our communications team, and many others who create these beautiful audio-visual nuances that help to make our liturgy so beautiful. And of course, it's, it's pure genius that on the third Sunday of Advent, what we call Joy Sunday, uh, there's nothing that communicates joy quite like the vibrant shade of Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> Speaking of joy, I hope you enjoyed the December Benedictus. Uh, I, I, I read it cover to cover, and I couldn't help but notice uh, a promotion for a certain uh, gathering coming up on January the 1st, a, uh, well, what's being called the Feed Father Simon event. <laughs> so I hope you all bring a dish, and uh, you know, as you can see, apparently your pastor is wasting away, so... Uh, <laughs> Again, I'm not sure if I should thank the communications team or not for their creativity and their, their artistic license in this regard. Anyways, as you've been hearing, uh, we've been uh, journeying through this, these four weeks of Advent uh, through this preaching series called Room for Waiting. And uh, during this season, there's a particular focus on growing in the virtue of patience. As a society, we're not good at waiting. We don't like waiting around. Everyone's busy and frantic, especially at this time of year. Uh, and, and many would see like times of waiting, it's just something you got to get through. But we can see it as a positive thing. As I said a couple weeks ago, waiting is God's workshop. He is forming us. He's at work. It's, it's a chance to, to declutter the junk. Uh, during times of waiting. And, and again, I want to affirm and thank all those who took the opportunity to go to confession this past week. I hope you received mercy and freedom. And still, the wait continues. We've made it to Joy Sunday uh, because on this third week, we're saying, hey, what we're waiting for, uh, it's not far off. We're almost there, so, so hang in there. And here's an analogy that, that came to me. When I first moved to Nova Scotia, uh, you know, I had to register my car and get new license plates, and so I went to the Access Nova Scotia, and you know how there's this take a number thing? You know, so I, so I took my number, and I'm sitting there watching the display uh, as it's changing, and, and, and as I'm watching it slowly, I can see my number is almost, I'm a few numbers away. You know, and, and as that's happening, I could sense within me this excitement building, you know? Like, like, I can't wait to go and shell out more money to the province of Nova Scotia. <laughs> Which, of course, is good. That's our civic duty. But, but, you know, other examples that come to mind, you know, you haven't seen a friend for a long time. 
I can't wait to get together with this friend. Uh, somebody can't wait to graduate from school and begin that next chapter of life. Or you've been saving money, you can't wait to buy a new vehicle. Uh, my sister is, is going to give birth in about a month or so. I can't wait to, to get to meet my newest niece. I've, I've even met some people uh, who they've, they've come to a certain stage in life. Uh, they've lived a lot of years, and, and a lot of those years they've lived in relationship with Jesus. And these are people who I really admire. They're, they're genuinely holy and good. And, and, uh, and by the way, there's some of those people here in our parish. And uh, I've heard them say how they just can't wait. They can't wait to meet God face to face. They're ready and waiting for heaven. That famous expression applies. Good things come to those who wait. But even though there are good things that await us, good things like Christmas, uh, the waiting period can still be tough. Uh, we're not good at it. And, and I was reflecting, you know, why don't we just, again, skip ahead? Well, there's another benefit to waiting. And that when we wait, we increase our appetites. That's something that uh, we hear about in Scripture uh, as described as this practice of fasting. Prayer and fasting, the two go together. Uh, you know, if you deny yourself something good, when you finally do eat it, it's, uh, it's that much better, right? So uh, here's an experiment for you. Try skipping breakfast one day. Now, if you have a medical condition or whatever, you know, don't try this at home. But, but uh, if not, just try that. You know, go through uh, part of your day. By the time lunch rolls around, that grilled cheese sandwich is going to taste so much better, right? Because your appetite has increased. I had the opposite experience uh, not that long ago. I was taken out to a restaurant. It's called, uh, the style of restaurant is called a Brazilian steakhouse. And so what happens, unlike a typical restaurant where you go and you kind of wait and you order a drink and then you wait and chat and, and then you order a meal and you wait and chat and, you know, this was an all-you-can-eat experience. And so you begin with the, the salad bar and you just kind of attack it and, and I could have gorged myself just on that. And then what happens is uh, these waiters come around with skewers of all kinds of things. Uh, everything that you could throw on a barbecue, uh, beef, uh, chicken, pork, lamb, shrimp, you name it. And they just start coming to our tables and slicing off bits of, bits of food right onto our plates. And, and I have to say, uh, like there must have been over 20 different kinds, and they just kept coming and coming and coming. And uh, I, I mean, I loved it. Uh, I was a little bit overwhelmed by the whole thing. It was, the way I described it, it was like we were being surrounded by vultures these buzzards that were, that were circling us, except they weren't taking food off of our plate, they were putting food on our plate. And, and it was a little bit scary, but, but anyways, what struck me about this, this experience, it was such a vivid image of how in our culture we can consume and consume and consume, but we don't always take the time to enjoy. And that's so key that we not just consume, but, but when we allow our appetites to increase, we can enjoy all the more. Our scriptures today speak 
all about joy. And the sense of uh, how there is joy even in the wait. Going back to Isaiah, this prophet who is speaking about what is to come to these people who are waiting. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, my soul, and my soul shall exalt in my God. And then in place of a psalm today, we actually sang from Luke chapter 1. This is Mary's canticle as the, the people, they're awaiting the Messiah. And, and with Mary, she's getting very close. And she too says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. I want to focus in on Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. And I love how this ends. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is, in other words, this is God's plan for you. That you would learn how to rejoice always. Now, how is that even possible? Because life is constantly throwing curveballs our way, isn't it? And there's, there's all kinds of, of sad news of violence and war around the world, cancer, illness, financial woes, and the list goes on. There's 101 reasons why it doesn't make sense to rejoice always. And I think what the world would suggest is joy is a result of happy circumstances. So when things are going well, that's when you can have joy. But as followers of Jesus, there's a different kind of joy. Joy is not dependent only on the external circumstances, what's going on around us. Joy is a decision. Now, I'm not saying we should be fake and go around with masks, and when bad things happen, we just kind of put on a happy face. Uh, my mom refers to happy, wappy, clappy Christians. Uh, that's not exactly what I'm talking about here. Uh, but we can still choose joy, even in the midst of, of accepting real difficulty. Joy is a decision. Joy is a, a disposition, even, that we can live out of. I think of a story of a priest in Ontario who uh, was assigned uh, up north to the Yukon. Now, all the others who had been sent up to the Yukon prior to him, uh, they had a rough go of it, and, and put yourself uh, in their position. If, if you uh, struggled with the, the one centimeter of snow that we received yesterday, how would you like to live in the Yukon, right? It's always winter. Well, this particular priest, he went, and he absolutely loved it. He was, he just, I don't know, he must have had a dog sled or something, I don't know. He just loved it. Everything about it, he loved living there, he loved ministering there. And a few years went by, and he got reassigned back to Ontario, and, and somebody asked him, knowing how much he loved the Yukon, said, you know, are you happy in your new position? And without missing a beat, he said, you can be happy or miserable anywhere. The kingdom of God is within. You can be happy or miserable anywhere. The kingdom of God is within. Joy is within. True Christian joy. That it's, it's in a place uh, that 
where it cannot be taken from us, it cannot be robbed from us just because of our living circumstances or, or other situations in our life. That when we consciously invite God to dwell inside of us, that changes everything. Uh, we can remain rooted in this gift of joy. And I guess in that sense, uh, you know, as we're talking about waiting, that kind of joy, we really don't have to wait for. We can experience that joy already in the midst of, of whatever we're waiting for. You know, the world is saying, when your circumstances change, then you can have joy. When you win the lottery, then you can be happy, right? Well, with Jesus, uh, we, can, we, can experience, we can seek after and find joy right now in the midst of waiting. And Paul gives us some very straightforward advice for how to rejoice always. There's two things, I think, to his method for how to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. So number one, pray without ceasing. Now that doesn't mean you should all quit your jobs and, and get on your knees and pray 24-7. Uh, some people are, of course, called to, to intercede more than others. But this is talking about this ongoing awareness that God is, is with me. At every minute of every day, God is there. He's present. And, and as we become more aware of him, we can grow then in our dependence on him. You see, at this time of year, at Christmas, we're, we're often being bombarded by this message of consumerism, right? I need this thing, I need that thing, I need to buy this for so-and-so. Uh, well, I think we can do the same thing with prayer sometimes. You know, God, I need this thing, or God, I need that thing. And go to him with this consumeristic mentality. I think this, pray, this praying without ceasing is rather, it's an attitude of saying, God, I need you. I've come to a point with whatever challenging situation, God, I'm ready to admit I don't have the solution but I know I need you. And I know that with you, uh, we can get through this. I can depend on you. That's, that's kind of the beginning of this sense of praying without ceasing. Number two, give thanks in all circumstances. I gave, for those who are here, I gave a, a Jeopardy homily uh, back in October, Thanksgiving weekend, so I'm not gonna rehash all of that. Uh, but simply to say, that we don't have to give thanks to God for challenging situations, but we can always give thanks to God in these circumstances. In every kind of circumstance, we can give thanks. You know, in the midst of whatever I'm waiting for or whatever is unresolved in my life, I can choose to give thanks. And I know for myself, every time I've been faced with something tough and I've I've paused and I've started to give thanks. It's changed my mood. It's always lifted me and brought me back to a place of joy. A few weeks ago, I was on the phone with, uh, with a mother, uh, somebody I've known for a long time, a, a wonderful lady with several children who are, who are growing up. And uh, she was sharing how a couple of them are going through uh, rough spots. You know, they're away from the faith, they, uh, they're in unhealthy relationships. And 
and I was listening, and it's just kind of a, an awkward thing. I hate being in that situation because as I'm listening and I care so much, there's nothing I can do to fix the problems. There's nothing I can do. And uh, I mean, I can certainly listen and pray, but, but that's about it. And, and as she was sharing, uh, she said, you know what? In the midst of all of this, there's been one scripture that I've been clinging to. And guess what it was? It was this very one. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. And I was just reminded how, how scripture, you know, when we take time to sit with it, to even memorize little lines from scripture, we can really lean into the promises of God from the Bible. And here she is. She's probably going through one of the most difficult seasons of waiting that she's had to experience thus far uh, as a parent. And yet she's not wasting the time, right? She's using it and she's staying close to God in it. I'm going to end with a a quote I stumbled across from Mother Teresa, uh, which describes the impact of a person who is truly exuding joy. She says, let anyone who comes to you go away feeling better and happier. Everyone should see goodness in your face, in your eyes, in your smile. Joy shows from the eyes. It appears when we speak and walk. It cannot be kept closed inside of us. It reacts outside. Joy is very infectious. And I just think how beautiful it would be if we become a people and become a parish that is full of joy. Regardless of whatever circumstances that are going on in our lives, that we would make the decision to live out of this disposition of joy. Thanks for listening. If you want to see the video version of the homily, please go to our website, saintbenedict.ca, S-A-I-N-T, benedict.ca, and then follow the link to our live stream.